0: Good to see you guys. Um, my name's Clayton, the pastor here at Central, and man, I'm pumped about uh, today's a special day for our church, and I'll talk to you about that here in a little bit. Uh, it has to do with the venue here at the end of our service, but man, I'm glad you guys are here um, with us. So if you, if you want to open up your copy of God's Word or pull it out uh, with, with your phone, go to Galatians chapter 2.0. In the New Testament, that's where we are going to be uh, today. If you want to follow along with the message, you can scan the QR code that's on on the the screens here or use our church app and you can have everything um, you need right there on your phone. Man, today's going to be a good day because we're in the middle of a series that we call InstaFam. And so it's a snapshot of a faithful family and what that looks like um, in our lives. And last week... Man, I'm sorry, dudes, but it was, it was a rough week, okay? It was a rough Sunday where we just kind of talked about the guys in the room and the problems that we have and honestly how a lot of the problems that, that our families deal with are because of the guys um, right here. And so we talked about how from the very beginning of time, men were called to cultivate a garden. At the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2, we see in the middle of perfection, in the middle of the perfect garden with no sin... Men were still called to work and to serve and to lead, and so we talked about what that looks like um, in our lives. God created men to be uh, cultivators of the garden that God has called you to, to be overseeing. Well, today, we jump in to the family car today, because so that's what we're kind of titling today's message, Family in the Car. And let me start off with this, this story. It probably happened this morning, of a family who were running late and they jump in their minivan. You know, you never thought you'd get a minivan, but you know, it's hard to get the kids in the little little car they used to have before you had kids. And so, man, you sell the car, the sports car, and you get, the minivan, because those things are awesome, and the doors just automatically open, and there's like 37 cup holders. It's fabulous, okay? And so you got your minivan, and you throw your kids in the minivan, and you're yelling at each other already because you're late to church. And so you start to drive away, and before you even get out of the parking lot, everybody is fighting, aren't they? And they're fighting on the way to church, and you're speeding to try to get to church. And you pull into the parking lot here, and you turn around, you're like, everybody's gonna be nice to each other, okay? We're about to go into church. Okay? We're gonna be a loving family. And you put on your happy face, and you walk into the doors, and you're greeted by one of our greeters, and they say, How's it going today? And you're like, Man, it's fantastic. Like, it's just a great day uh, to be at church. It's so true, isn't it? That is how we are as, as people. The kids are fighting in the car, the parents are arguing and bickering, and there are verbal slaps, right, that we give each other. There's sarcastic punches that we give each other. We give people the cold shoulder. As a family, we're just dysfunctional. We're just dysfunctional. And on the back of that car is a decal. Not just the Christian symbol decal, but there's that, right? There's, there's that, that perfect stick figure family, and our, our, our kids director, Mindy, she drew these for us, but it's even got the little kid right, in the little, little pouch there, uh, but, but it's, it's the perfect family, right? It's this, it's this idea of the perfect family. In reality, inside the car, things are not perfect, and the journey isn't joyful, but it happens to all of us, doesn't it? All of us have that kind of issues going on with our family. And so the real stick figure family on the back of our car should look more like like this, right? So we don't hold each other's stick figure hands. We have sticks in our hands and we are, we are ready to go to battle to protect our own interests. I mean, that's just what we do as, as families. I love this one. I just saw this this morning. But like, Minnie Drew, like, the mom's got like a log behind. I mean, she's ready to go to battle, you know? I don't know. It's, it's crazy behind her her head right there. But even the little kid, man, he's, he's not happy about, about what's going on. Man, no one wants a dysfunctional family, do we? No one starts out and says, you know what, I'd love to have just this dysfunctional family. No, we want, we want harmony, we want joy, we want unity um, in our homes. So how do we do that? How do we attain that? Well, I believe the answer to so many relational problems that, that we have in this life, the answer to so many problems um, for us is a secret to the Christian life. And the secret to the Christian life is not to try harder. The secret to the Christian life is not even to gain wisdom. The secret to the Christian life is not even to have, like, these positive thoughts that'll get you down the road. No, the secret to your family's problems and your family's issues is to die. To die. That doesn't sound very good, does it? <laughs> doesn't sound very good. But the Bible talks about us dying to ourselves. Doesn't it? The scripture teaches us that we are supposed to, to die to ourselves. Now there's some typical alternatives that we get in this, this culture. If you turn on the TV or if you, um, if you watch a, a show or if you go to the bookstore and you get a, a self-help book, it'll give you these three alternatives, these three ways to, to have a, a better family or, or five steps to get your kids to obey you or whatever um, the self-help is of the day. But those things don't really get down to the, the depth of the issue, the problems that we actually are dealing with because the problem we have is personal. It's personal because you're the problem and I'm the problem. And I believe God has a personal message for us today. In fact, it's in Galatians chapter two, starting in verse 20. In fact, this is the verse we're gonna be stuck on uh, for most of today. And we'll kind of dive deep into this, this verse. But this verse is, is a great response to families that have issues. Here's what it says. The Bible says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ, he lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is such a powerful verse because within it are the answers to situation after situation and year after year of heartache and problems in your family. And so to illustrate this, let's look back at the the stick figure family uh, again. Because the stick figure family doesn't just go from from, uh, having sticks and fighting, but eventually Deep down inside, stick figure families are selfish to our core. And so you got this, this stick figure family who is who's got the, the cell phones and they're taking pictures of themselves, or the the, the son is over there looking at himself in the mirror, or the, the daughter is, is putting her makeup on and getting ready. And I love the little baby. He's like still looking in the mirror too. Like he's he's selfish um, to his core. You know, we all want we all want something from our family. And this may be way too simple, but women want love. They want to be loved. And men, we want to be respected, right? We want to be respected. Now, I mean, women want to be respected and men want to be loved as well. But, but just in a simple way, women want to be loved, men want to be respected. And kids, they want something else. Kids want happiness, they want security, and they want fairness, don't they? Right? I mean, that's not fair. And what do we say as parents? Life's not fair. You get over it, right? And I, I never thought I would say that as, as a parent. You know, as I was growing up, was like, I'm never going to say that to my kids, and I say it all the time, okay? <laughs> you know, it's just like, I want to get it to them, you know? So, man, we, 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 kids think that way, right? And parents think that way. Men want to be respected. Women want to be loved. Kids want things to be fair. And when your focus is on getting that thing that you want, what happens is, is you pull apart. Families pull apart. It's like when you're going to the, in your kitchen and you go to the refrigerator. And your family, everybody just opens up the refrigerator and you take what you want, you know? You grab that thing, you eat it, you, you take that, that drink and you drink it. Um, and then that, you open the refrigerator and there's like that styrofoam, you know, to-go thing that your spouse got from dinner last night and you eat it yourself, you know? Anybody get in trouble for doing that? You know, I mean, honestly, there, there's, there's, there's a styrofoam to-go thing in my, in my uh, refrigerator right now, and, man, I've been so tempted. <laughs> like, I've been, whew, it's been, it's been it's been tough. Um, but, man, uh, the other day, we had, like, this third or this middle drawer that opens up and it's in our refrigerator, and it's got uh, just drinks in it. We've got, you know, Cokes and Gatorades and stuff like that. And there was, my wife and I drink Coke Zeros, and we get, like, the big pack of Coke Zeros from like, Sam's or whatever, and, and there was one left, guys. I mean, just one and I it up, and I was just like, mm, what do I do? And there's this, this huge dilemma going on. I'm like, is, is, it, is it worth it? Like, guys, seriously, is it worth it? And I'm just, mm, just trying to, oh, just, ah. and I'm, I'm going, I'm back in ah, I, I don't know. And, guys, I just, I just wanted to brag on myself. Like, I left it. I left it, okay? Um, but, but usually, thank you, thank you, okay? <laughs> Self, self-praise is never good. But but uh, usually I don't. Usually I take that thing that, that I want, don't we? We do that all the time. We take the things that we want. And when we're constantly taking, when as a a kid constantly takes from their their family, when a spouse constantly takes or tries to to pull things um, from and out of the other person, what happens is, is that we get further and further apart. And the stick figure family goes from being selfish to being alone. You end up separating from yourself, from your family, and, and one kid spends all his time in the room, and the parents never really are connected together. they're, they're off doing their own things. And, and not just physically but emotionally, we separate, because we don't think that we're getting what we deserve from that other person. And the solution is that every single person, every single stick-figure person there must die. It must die. So to truly kind of understand that, I think we need to get back into that verse. So let's go back to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Here's what it says. Let me kind of break it up into three different parts. The very first part says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. My old self. What Paul was talking about was his old way of life before he became a Christian. His selfish way of life. His desire for... Um, for, for his own goals, for the pride that he had in his life. And he said, those things have, have been crucified with Christ. My old life has been crucified. And if something is crucified, it is dead and it is not coming back. David Platt says this. When you place your faith in Christ, you die with Christ. Your heart of stone is crushed Your pride is shattered, and your life is surrendered. When you become a believer in Christ, things change. For non-Christians in this room, if you would trust your your life to Jesus, what happens is, is your old way of life dies, and things change. You're never the same. And for Christians in this room, it's something that you don't just do once to die to yourself, you got to do it all the time. Because what happens to, to your pride and your selfishness? It loves to, to creep back up, doesn't it? It's like it, like it comes out of the grave constantly. And it's something that over every single day, you have to, you have to crucify your selfish desires. you got to take those things and change. In other words, you got to put to death the selfish baby. Every single one of us has a selfish side to us. I mean, think about, like, literally, babies. Babies are just, by nature, selfish, aren't they? What do they do? They just eat and poop and cry, right? I mean, that's all that babies do, and yet, as adults, as teenagers, as kids, a lot of times, we do the same things with our emotions and our desires and our wants and our needs. We're not thinking about other people. We only think about ourselves, You know, family problems come up for a lot of reasons. A lot of issues that we have. I mean, we can't be as simple as this message. But when it comes down to it, a lot of times it comes down to us being immature and selfish. And so what happens is is you get in the car. And the wife has not been loved. And so she doesn't respect her husband. I'm not going to give him respect. He doesn't love me. He doesn't love me the way that I need to be loved, so I'm not going to respect him. And then and the, the husband isn't being respected, doesn't feel like he's been respected, so it's like, I'm not going to love her. Like, she's not respecting me. And the kids are in the back, and they see this going on, and the kids think that things are not fair to them, and so they want to lash out to try to create and fix the problem that they see. Everybody is, is selfish, and all of that is Selfish. But look what the Bible has to say in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5 says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, they've done something. If you're a Christian, you got to do this constantly, consistently. They've nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Every single day, you have to determine in your life that you're going to crucify those things. That you're going to kill that selfish desire in your life. You have to change and be different. let me ask this, when will your next fight be, next argument be? It'll be later this week? Today? On your way home? (laughs) Today? Like, when will that next fight be? Let me me give you some advice or a call for every single person in this room. When that happens, I pray that you will take a moment and, and pause and think about this verse. And ask yourself... Am I just taking in this relationship? Am I just pulling in this relationship? Am I being selfish? Deep down inside, am I, am I just being selfish right now? And if you realize that you are, something's gotta change. Because if you don't change, you run the risk of damaging or even destroying the closest relationships that God has given you. And you have a car full of selfish people. So let's move on and look at the next part of this verse. The Bible says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. How do we, how do we take that selfishness and crucify it consistently and constantly? This second part of this verse teaches us how. It's no longer I who live, but Christ living in me. When you become a Christian, someone takes up residence, and it's Jesus. He takes up residence in your heart, His spirit takes up residence. It doesn't make you godlike, but it makes you whole. It changes you, it makes you new. And redeemed. You are changed. And so you have this this new way of living. You have this new attitude about life. The things you used to do, you don't want to do those anymore because your focus has changed. When Jesus invades your heart, things change. Things change. Your very way of life even changes. And this is the part of the verse that teaches us. Teaches us that when when it comes to how you want to treat your family... Your daily motivation has to change. The way you desire life to be has to change. Every single day, your daily motivation has to change to, to letting Jesus in and letting him reign. You've got to let Jesus reign in your life. There has to come a point in your life where you determine to let Jesus lead you and guide you and direct you and to be in charge in your life. Now, I know some of you guys have, have served in the military. And so if you've served in the military, you probably went to, to basic training. And when, when you go to basic training, you have people coming from all walks of life with all different backgrounds and honestly all different agendas. And they come into basic training. And the, one of the purposes of basic training is to break you down to about nothing. To take your, your pride and your selfishness and break it down so that the military can build you back up into the image of a good and faithful soldier. And the same thing happens in the Christian life. God wants to to break down the selfish, prideful things in your life so that he can build you back up into the image of his son. But you've got to let him be in charge. You've got to let him reign in your life. And Paul gives us some advice in Romans chapter 12. Here's what he says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Some of y'all's versions say, may say, uh, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You've probably heard that, heard that before. What it's saying is that every day you have to do this. Every day you have to say to yourself, it's not about me, right? Your attitude has to change. It's not about me. It's not about me anymore, it's about someone else. It's about my, my spouse, it's about my, my kid, it's about my, my sister, it's about my brother, or it's about my, my parents. Look, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says this. It says, don't be concerned for your own good, but instead for the good of others. You gotta get to a point in your life where you, you stop pursuing your own desires. And you begin to pursue the desires or the, the, the good for your wife, for your husband, for your kids for your brother, for your sister, for your parents. You got to get to a point where you're that way. And here's, what, here's the change that begins to happen for families. Let's go back to the stick figure family here. So the stick figure family here has been separated. They've been, they've been pulled apart. But when you begin to be transformed by God and your, your priorities begin to shift, instead of being selfish, you're like, you know what? I'm gonna take a chance here. And I'm thinking about, I'm gonna begin to think about someone else. What happens is little bubbles create in your brain where you say, you know what, as, as, a, as a parent, okay, I'm gonna, I need to change. I need to do something different. As a, as a kid, you're like, you know what, maybe I need to live a little bit different. I'm, I need to think about some other people. I see that the Bible tells me not to think about the, the, my own interests, my own needs, but to think about the interests of other people. And you begin to move towards that. And that's a great place to be, but it's also a really scary place to be, guys. It's scary. And that's honestly easier said than done, right? It's scary because just for me personally, I need to know that I'm going to be okay. You know, if I am going to forget about my desires and my needs and wants, and I'm actually going to maybe do what the Bible is telling me to think about other people, where does that leave me? You know, no one wants to be a doormat, do they, in a relationship? No one wants to be the last dog to eat in the pack. And the fear is, is that if I were to sacrifice myself, my own desires, me taking care of number one, me, right? If I'm going to do that and actually begin to think about other people, what is that going to do to me? (coughs) Who's got my back? What if I give and everyone takes what happens to me? Let's go back to that verse, our main verse, and let's look at it again. The last half, the, la- the third part of Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says this gives us the answer. So I live in this earthly body by doing what? By trusting. Trusting in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. In this verse, I see two things that we really need. Two things we want. We want assurance that we're going to be okay right? We want assurance that we're going to be okay in this life. And we need, we need a model to follow. And Jesus does this right here. He says, hey, you can trust me. And you know what? You can model your life after me. I, I loved you and I gave myself for you. He says, you know what? You can trust me and you can model your life after me. Another way to put this, if you're taking notes, is to, is to write this down. Count on and copy Jesus. Count on and copy Jesus. Here's what I mean. If I'm going to stop thinking about my own desires and I'm going to start thinking about the desires of other people, I've got to know that I'm going to be okay. I just need to know that. I need to know that things are going to be okay, and I need someone to show me how I'm actually supposed to do this. And Paul, in this verse, is saying that until you trust in Jesus, guys, until you make him number one in your life, you will follow after the selfish desires of your heart. You're going to do it. It's just going to be a natural. It's going to be something that you're going to do. You want to take care of, number one, the number one person in your life, which is you. And a lot of times we trust ourselves more than we trust God in this situation. But look what the prophet Isaiah has to say. Prophet Isaiah says this. He's talking to, to God, and he says this. He says this. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. He says, God, I see that in you that you will keep us in perfect peace if we'll trust in you. If we'll put our faith in you. And then he begins to talk to the people and says this, trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Here's what God is doing. He's promising something to you adults. What he's saying is you can count on me. You can count on me to take care of you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to trust in Jesus. I want you to copy Jesus. Jesus, I want you to be like Jesus in your family, to your spouse, to your kids, to love them, to sacrifice for them, to think of them more than you would think of yourself, and to serve them. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to change. And not only that, but your whole family is going to change. And to the kids in this room, The teenagers in this room, here's what God is saying to you. Trust me. I know you're young. I know you have these natural desires to want to take care of yourself and protect yourself. Trust me. Trust me, I will take care of you. So copy Jesus. Be like Jesus. Love your sibling. It's crazy, I know. It's crazy. You may not be able to show show or say that you love them, but you can show that you love them. You can be humble. You can obey your parents. You can be careful about the words that you say. Because honestly, it's just natural for us to say what we want to say, to try to protect ourselves or get what we want. And here's the problem. When we constantly do that, when your aim is to get, when your aim is to take, when your aim is to pull from those relationships, everyone loses. Not only do you lose, but everyone loses. So this is what we need to be, families who fill the fridge. Instead of taking things out of the fridge, what would happen in your family if you, as a guy, as a dad, if you went, or or as a mom, you went to the store, and you bought all the things that your, your, your family loved. And you didn't buy anything for yourself, the things that you want. And you go and you fill that refrigerator, okay? And kids, let's say you got a job. Okay, my, my 16-year-old son can drive now. So let's say he, he, got, he has a debit card. Let's say he goes to the store and he gets all the things that my 13-year-old daughter had wants, okay? That's not going to happen. But let's just pretend that it happens, okay? So he goes, Corbin goes, and he gets... Um, And he fills the refrigerator full of stuff that Hannah wants and desires. And so what happens is, is you go up to the refrigerator and you open it and what's inside? All the things that you want and need and desire. And you know what? You didn't go and do that for yourself. Who did? Your family did. Your family goes to that refrigerator, they open that door and what's inside? All the things that they want and need and desire. And they didn't go and do that. You did. Here's Here's the practical application for you to start doing this in your family right now. you got to trust. you got to trust that Jesus will take care of your needs while you take care of the needs of others. It's a flip. Do you see that? Instead of every single one of us taking care of our own needs and wants, instead we give just like Jesus gave. We're like him. And we're trusting that he will take care of us. And he promises us that he'll give us this perfect peace. If we will trust him. He promises to take care of us. You know how Jesus takes care of you? Through your family. You know how Jesus promises to take care of your family? Through you. Instead of each one of us taking and taking and pulling further and further apart. He wants us to be unified and together. Because we serve each other just like Jesus served us and sacrificed for us. And when we do that, no family's gonna be perfect, but you really can drive around with this stick figure family, right? A family that is happy and joyful because this guy is leading his family well by serving them and trusting that God will take care of him. And the wife is serving her family And trusting that God will take care of her. And the kids are doing the exact same thing. And everybody's needs are being met. Because their focus is not on themselves, but on each other. When we all give, when our aim is for the good of other people, everyone wins. Everyone wins. And honestly, everything's changed. And Jesus will change your family. In fact, Jesus, he commands this, that we do this. He says we're supposed to love each other. John chapter 13, here's what he says. I'm giving you a new commandment. I'm giving you new marching orders. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. We all want a happy family. We do. No one wants a dysfunctional family, but it takes sacrifice for that to happen. Sacrifice of yourself, and that's not easy, but it is worth it. It's worth it, guys. And ultimately, here's what happens to a family that does that. They're free. They're pulled out of that selfishness, and they're free to live the life that God has called them to live. To go and serve together as a family. To even stop thinking about just their family, but other people in their neighborhood. And begin to be on mission for Christ. And that is the life of a faithful family. Let me pray for you. Lord. We confess that we are pretty jacked up at times. And probably for a lot of us, we fought on our way over here. We got issues and we got problems, but I pray, God, that you'd help us to strip away all of those things to get down to the, the depth and the heart and the real issue at hand, which is probably our selfishness. And it's our desire to take care of ourselves, to pull from our family the things that we think we need the things that we think we deserve, that they aren't giving to us. But God, I pray that today we be able to see that those things have to die. Our selfish ways have to die. Our pride has to die. And God, we gotta begin to think about other people. And that is not easy, God. But I pray that you would help us to trust you. And maybe it's going to take a spark to happen in a family, that one of us is going to have to start doing that. And I pray, God, that it would be like a wildfire in our families, that things would change, that husbands and wives and kids would love each other just like Jesus loved us and gave himself for us. You're the ultimate example. Help us to follow you, God, even in our homes. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, they're just finishing up service in there and I wanted to come out and tell you that we love you guys and we're praying for you. If you made a decision today, we would love to hear about it. So you can email us at prayer at org, and we'd love to respond to you, pray with you, and just be in that communication because you just made a decision, that's awesome. We wanna celebrate that. Um, Remember as we go out into the world that we exist to live for Christ, love people, and make disciples. Have a good day.